Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge. Glad that you're here in the room and uh, all of you who are joining us online. And uh, I just want to speak to everybody who's listening and watching online for a minute. Uh, I love that we make it easy for you to kind of hang out in your jammies and, uh, and worship, right? This is awesome. Uh, but I just would like to say, like, we would love to see you. And so if you've kind of been watching us from afar for a long time, uh, that's awesome. Feel free to do that. This is why we do this. Uh, but we'd love to see you too. So uh, we love you guys, love you guys, all of you in the room, all of you online. We are so glad you are here. So I want to start this morning by giving you just a quick update. So some of you may have heard this news, this exciting, awesome news that we, as a church, for the very first time in our history, are planting another church. All right? And some people think we're crazy for that. All right? I, I mean, I know, because I, I, when I tell them that, they look at me like, uh, you don't even have your own building yet, you know, and I'm like, yeah, we're fine, you know, uh, but I wanted to give you a quick update because I want to share a couple of things that are really, really ultra important because this is a huge deal for our church and in the life of our church, but it also will help us understand why we're doing this, okay? So I want to show you this. There's a, we have this uh, new software system called Breeze, and because of this, Pastor Nick figured this out. You can plug all this stuff in, and we have everybody's addresses and all that stuff through this. And it can spit out a map. Pastor Nick figured it out. So if you want to know how he did that, I have no idea how he did this. Okay? So ask Pastor Nick. He can tell you. But he plugged it all in. It spits out this map. And it shows you where everybody who is a part of our church is. Okay? So let's pull up that map so you can kind of see this. Now, this is really cool. Okay? What you can see is, now, you, you see that big conglomerate of green where you can't really tell where everybody's at? That's Wanakee, right? And so, yes, there's a lot of people from there. But if you notice, we've got people from all over the place, coming all over the place. Not only have we covered a lot of Dane County, but we're outside of Dane County. These are people who are active in our church. This is not somebody who showed up one time, right? These are people who are active in our church. This is really cool. Now, I want to give you three numbers that kind of apply a little bit to this map so that you can understand some context. Here's the three numbers. So let's go ahead and throw them up there. The numbers are 568,203. Next number is 443,198. And then the last one, 787. Now, what are those numbers? The top number is the population of Dane County according to the U.S. Census Bureau last year, 2022. So as of just a few months ago. Okay? That's the population of Dane County. The bottom number is the number of active people at Northridge Church. Okay? What that means is that could be they, they came a couple of times last year. They consider us to be their church. They were just here a couple of times, but they came. And all the way to like people who are on staff and their kids and their families who are here all the time and everybody in between. Anybody who's actively involved in our church in some way, shape, or form, 787 people. Okay? That's awesome. Here's what I want to bring your attention to, that middle number. Because out of those three numbers and this map, by far, the middle number is the most important. The middle number is 78% of Dane County. And this number is not going to be perfect and exact, but it represents something really important. 78% represents the amount of people in Dane County out of the total population who are not actively following Jesus right now. It's a lot. Nearly 80%. Now, this is based on surveys. This is based on polls. This is based on studies uh, and, and, you know, what people are doing, all kinds of stuff. 78% who are not following Jesus. Now, I want to be really clear. 
our church exists to bring that middle number down. Our church exists not to bring our number up. Our church exists to bring the middle number down. We want to introduce as many people to the love and the grace and the forgiveness and the joy. Remember that video? The freedom, the contentment that comes from Jesus. That's our goal as a church. That's why we're here. We are here to decrease that middle number because we're introducing more and more and more people to Jesus. Now, what does that have anything to do with planting a new church? Okay, great question. Let me show you another map, okay? This is that same map, but we just zoomed in a little bit, okay? If you look at this map, this is really interesting, but you see that little green area that's highlighted? Once again, you can thank Pastor Nick for all of this tech stuff, okay? I just get to talk about it. He did all the work, all right? Pastor Nick, thank you, all right? Well done, okay? He did all this work. That little green shaded area is the area that Orchard Church, the new church that we're planting, is going to target specifically. That's what they're going for. That's kind of the area that they're going to kind of go after and do this thing. Now, this is why this is important. Two things that I want to highlight, okay? If you notice, this is our data from our church on there. We are reaching one family from that area. It's a family of four. We know who it is. Okay? We have reached one family of four in that area. And, and yes, the botanical gardens are there as well. All right? Good choice, Pastor Nick and Leah and Clara. Great, great job. Okay? But this is where Orchard Church is going to be. I want, you, I want you to understand something. That area alone represents 26,000 people. Just in that little spot. 26,000. We are reaching four of them. If this doesn't illustrate why we need to plant churches, I don't know what will. If we're reaching only four people in this area, there's a different thing that we need to do to make sure that we're helping to reach those people. Done. And guess what we are? Because God called Pastor Nick and Leah, his wife Leah, and their daughter Clara to go plant a new church. It's called Orchard Church, and we're getting ready to send them out later this year and into next year. This is an awesome deal. Now, here's why I talk about this, okay? Because I know that when I say, we're planting a brand new church, some of you are like, wow, this is cool. And some of you are like, we don't even have a building. I don't want to hear about it. I, I, I mean, I know. Let's be honest, right? That's kind of how sometimes we feel. And so I just want to highlight why we exist as a church. We do not exist as a church so that we can find a building and build the best thing ever. It, will we eventually get there? I believe we will. Absolutely. Does planting Orchard Church slow us down from getting a building? The answer to that is no. It won't. Not at all. And so is it okay to plant a church before we have our own home? And my answer to that is absolutely. In fact, it's a better mission of Jesus to do it that way. Because we're not worried about ourselves so much. And so church, body of Christ, friends, I'm here to tell you that I am so excited that we're going to multiply ourselves before we ever even have our own home. That's important because we're simply here to reach more people with the love of Jesus. Amen? That's what we're going to be about. That's what we're always going to be about. And so we're going to go after it. 
So I just wanted to let you know kind of where we're at. And yes, Pastor Nick and I and our staff, we're working through how all the logistics of this work. And you're going to see them. We're going to pray them, for them and do all these things. But they have started the hard work and they're on their way. So I'm very, very excited. And so when they talk to you about Orchard Church and all kind of stuff, just lean in and be like, okay, what are we talking about? What are we doing? Okay, uh, because they're, they have full reign to just talk to you guys and share what they're doing. It's just going to be awesome. All right. Okay. Brings me to today. You guys know I love history, so I want to share a couple of statements from history. Did you know that in 1875, 1875, one vote made France move from a monarchy to a republic? One vote. Did you know in 1649, ooh, even further back, one vote caused Charles I of England to be executed? I'll bet he would have liked that vote to change, huh? Truly. But it, it's true. One vote. In 1923, one vote gave one man control of a political party in Germany. You know what that party was? The Nazi party. His name is Adolf Hitler. One vote. One person. Today, we're going to continue the series that we started last week called The Power of One. And what we're talking about is the fact that you, every single one of you, it does not matter how old or how young or, or where you are or what your job is or what it is, you have the power of one in you. You do. You have the power of one. One person, one decision, one step of courage. And the question is, how are you using that power? The power of one. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about, if we're going to live the power of one mentality, you guys saw this little card on your chair. We handed them out last week. They're going to be they're here this week, and they will be here next week for our baptism Sunday. By the way, side note, next Sunday... Wow, we are going to, it's going to be amazing. It, we still have people coming out of the water. We're like, hey, can I still get baptized? And we're like, sure. And we're figuring it out. And we just keep adding people. Okay, this, this is awesome. God is good. But today what I want to talk about is this whole Jesus way thing. If we are going to live according to the Jesus way, if we're going to live different than how we're living, then something has to change, doesn't it? Something has to shift. I know that I'm always trying to grow more and more toward the Jesus way. And so how do we do that? How do we move from where we are here to being better living out the Jesus way? How do we go from here to there? How do we move? Well, what we have to do is we have to make some changes. Well, how do we make the changes? Well, I want to suggest a very simple but powerful thought on how we can make change in your life. And how we can make change in my life. It's really, really simple. In fact, this theory was first brought up to me when I was watching a well-known movie. And a doctor was sharing with this guy who showed up in his office. He was scared of everything. And he shared a very simple process with him on how he could change his life. His name is Bob. Take a look. I can help you. Yes. Thank you. Bob, there is a groundbreaking new book that has just come out. Ah. Now, 
not everything in this book, of course, applies to you, but I'm sure that you can see, when you see the title, exactly how it could help. Baby steps? It means setting small, reasonable goals for yourself, one day at a time. One tiny step at a time. Baby steps. For instance, um, when you leave this office, don't think about everything you have to do in order to get out of the building. Just think of what you must do to get out of this room. And when you get to the hall, deal with that hall and so forth. You see? Baby steps. Baby steps. Oh, boy. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps through the office. Baby steps out the door. It works. It works. All I have to do is take one little step at a time, and I can do anything. Hmm. Baby step around the office. <laughs> Baby step around the office. Baby steps out of the office. Very good. Baby steps to the hall. Very good, Bob. Keep going. That's it. Bye. I'll see you in a month. Baby steps to the elevator. Baby steps to the elevator. Baby steps to the elevator. Baby step onto the elevator. Baby steps into the elevator. I'm in the elevator. What about Bob? How many of you have seen that movie in the room? I'm just wondering. Okay, all right. A lot of you have. Such a good movie. But let me just suggest a powerful thought. If you want to change your life, baby steps. Very simple. Small movements in the direction that you need to go. If you're living the Jesus way, but you want to live the Jesus way more fully and more frequently and more, more powerfully, then my suggestion to you is baby steps. If you're here and you're like, honestly, I don't even live the Jesus way. I, I show up to church every now and then, but I honestly don't live the Jesus way hardly at all. Well, my suggestion to you is baby steps. Make some small as our wonderful psychiatrist said, small measurable goals that you can do that point you in the direction where you need to be headed. And then looking back, you'll see that over time, it has huge change. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you three reasons, three ways actually, it's not even really reasons, we'll say three ways for you to make these small changes, these baby steps toward living the Jesus way. Now, the truth is, I have to confess something to you. Originally, this was our topic for this Sunday. And originally, I was going to do something very different today. And I was listening to a leadership podcast this last week, as I usually do. I listen to a lot of leadership podcasts. And I was listening to the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast, of course. You guys are like, man, didn't we just finish a whole book from him? Yes, we did. Okay. I tend to like how he talks and what he says. Okay. So I was listening to his leadership podcast, and this was an episode from last year. So it's an old one. 
And this podcast was, catch this, was called this, Three Secrets to Starting New Habits That Stick. That's what it was. And I listened to this. I started listening. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about on Sunday. This is so cool. And then he shared these three things, these three secrets. And I'm like, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. That's exactly what I was going to talk about, except that he does it better than I was going to do it. I mean, I'm just, that's the truth. And so what I want to do is I want to share with you three secrets, three ways that you can make change to live the Jesus way. And these main points, they come from Craig Rochelle. I actually tweaked and changed quite a bit about it to make it fit for today. But just know that the main points come from him. Okay? Number one, to make the change toward the Jesus way, make it small. Make it small. You need to start small. So, for example, let me, I'm going to give you a lot of examples today. This is going to get ultra practical today. If you need to start reading the Bible, okay, I'm not going to ask you how many of you read the Bible every day. I'm not going to do that. Because the Bible, I don't know about you, is intimidating, isn't it? You're like, where would I even start? I don't even know. And my suggestion, as I always say, is definitely Leviticus or Deuteronomy. Do not listen to me on that. Do not start there. It will be horrible, right? It, it, it's relevant. It's in there. It's important, but just don't start there, okay? But if you need to start by reading God's Word, if you don't read the Bible ever, you just don't do it, or you basically rarely, here's my suggestion. Start by reading one verse a day. One verse every day. You can read one verse out of the Bible like three, four times in a minute over and over and over again, and it will help ingrain in your head and your heart. One verse. And by the way, if you choose the shortest verse to read on one of those days, Jesus wept, you can read that like 15, 20 times in a minute. I don't know how helpful it'll be, but it's going to be short, right? But choose a verse of the Bible and just work through an entire book or an entire chapter and read one verse per day. It's going to be more than you're getting now, which is nothing. Make it small. Start small. Uh, if you need to pray, if you never pray, you're like, eh, I, I know I should be praying, but you never pray. You tend to never pray. My suggestion is start by praying five minutes a day. Anybody can pray five minutes a day. And stop worrying about saying the right things because God already knows what you're thinking anyway. Oh, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I come to you today, you know, no. Just talk to him. How do you talk to somebody who's in front of you? Talk to God that way. He can handle it. He can. Talk to God. Tell him who you really are. Tell him how you really feel. Tell him what's really going on. Tell him what you're scared about. Tell him what you're worried about. Cast your cares on him. Pray. Five minutes a day. Done. Simply ask God to guide you. Done. Start small. Um, let's say that you want to get, I'm going to give you a lot of uh, examples here today. Let's say you want to be more grateful. Hey, Any, anybody in here want to be more grateful? I want to be more grateful. Hey, you know how, you know one of the best ways to be grateful? Be grateful. <laughs> you know how you do that? You say thank you a lot. Can I, can I just suggest, like, 
Write thank you notes to people and thank them for who they are. Thank them for what they do. Thank them for just being awesome. Thank them for whatever you want, but thank them. What you will do is when you actually physically write it down, you can text them, you can email them, whatever, but you physically get it down and you write it and you send it to them and you say, thank you for doing this. Thank you for being this. Thank you for being who you are. Gratefulness. Just start by writing one a week. If you want to go crazy, one a day. Start small. Don't think about, here, here's, what, here's what probably, here's what I do. Here's, you know what I do? I get stuck because I'm like, man, I have like 200 people that I need to thank. And so then I like buy a stay and I'm like, I'm going to write them all today. Thank you for being like, and I'm like, ooh, I'm passionate. You know what I do? I end up getting through two of them and then I get a phone call, right? And then I'm done. And then, and then that's gone, and then a stack of 198 thank you cards sit there for the next four years. Anybody else with me on this? It's because you started too big. Start small. Once a week. By the end of the year, you've thanked 52 people for something. Do you think that that doesn't change their life? I promise you it will. It's huge. Start small. If you want to work out, Oh, man, I just went there. Some of you are like, don't do that. Some of you have been sent. You've made a New Year's revolution. Uh, resolution. Revolution. <laughs> I like that. You made a New Year's revolution. Resolution every year. And you're like, man, I'm going to do better at working out. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, this year it's going to be different. But you never do. You know why? Because you started in. You're going, I'm going to work out every single day this year. 365. I'm, I'm in there every single day. That's maybe not the best choice to make. You know why? Because it's unattainable. Just start with taking a walk. Ten minutes every day, every other day. Start small. And eventually, you know where that goes? All of a sudden, maybe you start working out a little bit more, and then you're like, man, I can go further. I can maybe even start running. Maybe I should start lifting weights. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't eat this way. I'm going to eat a little bit differently. All of a sudden, it changes everything. Start small. Jesus actually shares this mentality, this idea. So he just got finished sharing a short story, a parable, and then he shares this summary of that short story. Listen to what he says, Luke 16, 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Did you catch that? If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. In other words, Jesus is saying, start small. Keep it simple. The small things lead to the big things. The small things point in the direction you need to go. Start small. Make it small. Small habits compound over time. How do you, how do you get physically stronger? We all know how to physically get stronger. Whether or not we try to is another question. But we all know how to physically get stronger. You lift weights consistently, don't you? And you can't keep lifting the same weights over, say, four to six weeks. Over that span of time, you need to start lifting a little bit more weights. Why? Because those weights now that used to be hard, you have to add more weight to it. Why? Because your muscles actually have to tear a little bit more so they can rebuild, so they can get stronger. But how do you get stronger? You don't go from one day lifting, you know, 100 pounds to the very next day. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I lifted yesterday. Now I can lift 200 that's amazing in a day. We all know that doesn't work that way. But you can lift 200 pounds in a year. 
if you consistently start lifting and pushing yourself to lift more and more and more weight, small things add up over time. Make it small. Make it small. And the key is, you just need to start. Some of you, you just need to start. You're like, I've, I've always wanted to read the Bible. You know the best way to read the Bible? Open it. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I know, it's so hard, right? But the truth is, it's not the difficulty in opening the Bible. It's the difficulty of committing to doing it and knowing where to go and then reading it and then understanding it and then dealing with what it says. I know that this is scared. It's not difficult to open it. It's not difficult to read it. It's what we have to do because of it. Start small. Smart. Start small. You got to start. I love what Ziegler says. He says, you don't have to be great to start, but you do need to start to be great. That's powerful. You're never going to get there unless you start. You have to start going toward the Jesus way if you're going to live the Jesus way. All right. So make it small. Second thing, you guys know where we're going with this probably. Make it easy. Second one is make it easy. you got to make it small, but you also got to make it easy. What do I mean by that? Well, let's go back to the Bible stuff for a minute. Okay? If you want to read your Bible, start with one verse per day. Make it small. But now you need to make it easy on yourself. How do you do that? So let's say that your, your choice, and again, this is all you. You, get, you decide what you want to do. Let's say you want to read one verse of Scripture before you go to bed at night. Here's what you need to do. You take your Bible, your actual physical Bible, and you lay it out to wherever you want to, to read it. Maybe you just lay it out. Maybe you don't have to worry about that. But you lay it out on your pillow wherever you're going to lay your head at night, and you lay it out on your pillow. Now you know what you have to do. You can't just crawl into bed and sleep on the Bible. That's going to be weird. Right? It's going to be uncomfortable. And so you're going to, at minimum, you're going to have to take the Bible, pick it up, and move the Bible. And guess what you need to do when you do that? I should read a verse of scripture. Cool. Sit down. Don't lay down. We all know what happens when you lay down. <sighs> Drool, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right? It's not pretty. You're not going to soak up much of scripture in that. Okay? That's, maybe that's just me, but that, anyway, that's what happens when I lay down. Right? I'm just, I'm out. I'm done. Read your verse of scripture, go to bed. If you want to read it in the morning, set it on the kitchen table where you eat breakfast. Put it in the bathroom. Okay, some of you are like, ooh, it might get wet. Well, it's better than sitting on your shelf and collecting dust, right? Put it in the bathroom. Put it on the kitchen counter. Stick it in your car seat. And before you leave for work, or maybe when you get to work, then it's sitting right there. Read a verse of Scripture, and then turn the car on and go, right? Set it out on your desk at work if you have to go to work, or if you, if you get on Zoom meetings or whatever, set it on your computer. Make it easy. If you want to pray, put a big note on your bathroom mirror so you literally can't get ready until you pray. Right? I'm serious. Make it easier. Like, this is making it harder. No, it's not. It's making your habit easier. Because you're going you're gonna to have to move that thing. And then when you do it, here's what my hope is. You'll start praying. And God will give you blessing. And he'll start talking to you. If you want to be grateful, thank you notes. Don't, don't write 200 in a day. Just set one out on your computer or by your bed or wherever. 
Set it out, put an envelope there if you're going to mail it, put a pen there, put a stamp on it if you're going to send it. Do everything you can because all, then all you have to do the next day, you just write it, stick it in, seal it, you're done. Make it easy. If you want to work out, stick some dumbbells on top of your clothes that you lay out in the morning. It'll just be annoying to you. <laughs> You're like, oh, stupid dumbbells are in the way. At least you have to lift them to move them. Start small, right? Start small, make it easy. What can you do to make a habit that you know you need to have, make it automatic? It's just something that happens. In fact, this is crazy, but... How can you change something so small that it leads to something so big? Well, we're talking about time here. Maybe by next week you're not fully living the Jesus way and you've read the entire Bible. That's not the goal. But within two years, if you read one verse of Scripture per day and every now and then maybe you read a little bit more, all of a sudden you've read the entire Bible in a couple of years. How many of you can imagine that you've read the Bible in a couple of years from now? Hard to imagine. If you make it small, it's actually easy to do. No problem. You can. Make it small. Make it easy. I love what Proverbs says about this very thing. It says this. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course or the direction of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You know what that's saying? It's saying keep it small. Keep it simple. Keep it easy. Just make... Know what your path is. Lay your Bible out. Put up a note to remind you to pray. Set out the thank you note. Do whatever you need to do. Make the path straight. Make it easy. And then just stay on it. Just go. Make it really easy. Make it simple. Make it small. Now, here's the thing. You may not think that this is a big deal. But let me share a stat that Craig Groeschel shared in that leadership podcast. When he shared this, I was like, this is crazy. I mean, God clearly like dropped this one in my lap. And he's like, here you go. I just gave you your sermon, lazy. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. I was like, huh, this, is pretty, this is pretty awesome stuff. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know? But he quoted this and I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is exactly what we're talking about. So Craig Rochelle quoted a study that was done in Duke, at Duke University in 2006. And this study, they were studying people's habits and why people do the things they do. And here's what they discovered. They discovered approximately, of course, it ebbed and flowed a little bit for different people, but about 40% of what a human being does is not a result of their decision to do it, but as a result of their habits. It's something that they just always do, and so they just keep doing it. 40% of what a person does is not because you chose to do it. It's because that's just what you do. That's almost half of what you do. 40%. Here's what my suggestion is. We have to change what we do because about half of what we do, we're not even choosing to do. It's just happening because that's the way we always do it. And I don't know about you, but... 
just doing things. How many of you are in here? Uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you in here are spontaneous people? You just are like, man, let's just go and let's see what happens. Some of you are like, yeah. Some of you are already the anxiety is rising just by saying that. Okay, I get that. Okay, I understand. I tend to be at times a little bit more spontaneous, but I also sometimes tend to be a control freak. So I'm just weird. I'm a high, weird hybrid, all right? But some of us, we love that. Here's what I would say. Regardless of whether you're spontaneous or a control freak, the way to go through life is not just spontaneous, do whatever we want and just see how it goes. You need to know where you're headed. What are you doing? What are you about? How are we living our life? Let's be intentional. Let's be purposeful. Make it small. Make it easy. And then the last one is, of course, the only logical progression after this. You have to make it often. You have to make it often. You have to do this on a consistent basis, right? Because, well, let me, let me share a verse of Scripture from you, uh, from the Apostle Paul that kind of talks about this. Now, in this verse, he's specifically talking to followers of Christ. Specifically brothers and sisters in Christ. So listen to what he says. He says, my dear brothers and sisters... Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. What is he saying? He's saying everything you do has value and has meaning and has purpose. It doesn't matter how small or how big. It all is leading you somewhere. So be faithful, be consistent. Be faithful, be consistent. Be faithful, be consistent. So let me suggest something. If you want to start small, that's good, right? I just suggested that. But don't make it so small and so infrequent that it has no power. For example, here's, not, here's what I probably think you shouldn't do. I don't think your commitment should be, I'm going to read the Bible three times this year. It's going to be awesome. Three verses. I'm going to nail it. Probably not. Probably too small. Right? I mean, how many of you are going to be like, okay, I read a verse seven months ago. Do you remember what the verse was? No, but I read it. I did it because you said to start small. Okay, great. But we got to do it consistently, right? If we're going to have power, you, it, it would even be better for you to read the same verse every day for a year over and over so that you have it memorized and you have it down and you know that truth and it sinks in. Make it small, yes. Make it easy, absolutely. But do it consistently. That's the key and that's the power. Do it often. We all know in physics how they talk about inertia. An object in motion tends to what? Stay in motion. Unless another force is acted upon it. Also inertia works in the opposite, right? If an object is not in motion, it tends to what? Stay not in motion. It's stuck. How many of us, our spiritual inertia is stuck? How many of us, our spiritual inertia is stuck? We're motionless. We're, we're just stagnant. Let me just say that spiritually speaking, inertia is the same way. If you're stuck, you will stay stuck until a force is enacted upon you. That could be the force of God. That could be you choosing to live the Jesus way and make a small change. But are you willing to do that? Because you're going to stay stuck if we do nothing. 
By the way, quick side note, I'm going to give you a whole other sermon in like two minutes, okay? On the other, uh, it's just a reverse sermon, right? This is what it is. If you're here and you're like, man, I need to start doing some of these habits, okay, cool. Make it small, make it easy, make it often. It's done. Like you can, and by the way, you make these small changes. You make one a year or you make one every few months. And guess what? In 10 years, think about how many changes you're going to make. Massive changes. Changes that are going to change your life. It's amazing. It works. Now, if you have bad habits, just curious, how many of you in the room have bad habits? Anybody willing to join me in this? I have bad habits, okay? I'm serious. Like, a lot of people, they're like, oh, pastors don't have bad habits. Oh, my goodness. Just talk to my wife, Laura. She's right there. Wave your hand, Laura. Just ask Laura how many bad habits I have. She can tell you many of them. I have tons of bad habits, okay? She loves it when I do that. She loves it. She's going to have like 27 conversations about my bad habits today. That's going to be awesome. If you have a bad habit that you need to get rid of, you know what you do? You simply reverse this sermon. You simply change the three points. Instead of making it small, you make it big. You make it so hard for you to do whatever that bad habit is. You have to sacrifice time with your family. You have to sacrifice money. You have to sacrifice so many things that you make it so big that it's just hard to maintain. It's hard to keep up. You make it hard for yourself. Um, just a quick just example of this. How many of you have ever done this? I, I do this fairly often. I go onto my phone, and let's say, like, I just want to know what to wear for the day. And so I go on there to look at the, the, you know, the weather app. And so I'm going on there to look at the weather app. And, and I'm going to check the temperature. I'm going to check the radar, see if it's going to rain. That's all I need to know. I just need to know what to wear. But then 15 minutes later, I've watched two YouTube videos, I've seen three articles, I've scrolled social media for a little bit, and all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing? I was checking the weather. Right, I never even got to the weather. Anybody ever do that? So I'm not alone in the room. Okay, here's my suggestion. We all have some apps that tend to suck us in. You know how I know that? I could probably look at the front page of your, you know how you can swipe across and you can put a whole bunch on there? Whatever your front page is, I know what you like, right? Love to just flash them up on the screen a little bit and be like, no, 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 let's not do that, right? Now you've got it on there. What app tends to consume you, suck you in? You know how you get rid of that? Make it harder to see it. Hide it on your phone. In fact, don't even put it on the last page. Make it so it's invisible. Did you know you can do this? Make it invisible so that you can't actually tap on the app. You have to search for it, and then it's going to be a pain, and then eventually you know what you might do? You might be like, you know what? That app's not worth it. Delete. And, you're, and then you're going to be like, Pastor Brent, thank you for saving my life. I'm just kidding. But seriously, we've got to make it harder. If you have a bad habit, make it really hard on yourself. Make it difficult. If you always tend to go to that one thing or that type of food or whatever it is, get rid of it. Of course you're going to go to it if it's in your house. Because it's there. It's easy. And then that will lead you to do these things less often and eventually they'll leave your life for good. So bad habits, just reverse this sermon. Okay, let me end with a story. So this story, a lot of you probably heard as a kid. It's, it's considered a fable. 
You know, a fable is very simply a short story with a purpose, with a meaning. So this one's called The Lion and the Mouse. It very simply goes like this. So one day there was a mouse that was running through the forest. And there was a lion sleeping. And the mouse wasn't really paying attention to what she was doing. And so she was running along just doing what mice do, you know. You know. Dragging the little things around. And she's running all over. And all of a sudden she comes across the, the lion. And she gets so freaked out by this lion that she just came across because she wasn't paying attention. She inadvertently runs across his nose, his face. And of course it wakes the lion up and the lion's like, mm, and just stamps his paw down on the mouse. Doesn't kill her, but just traps her. And he kind of lifts the paw up. And then the mouse starts talking to the lion. It's a real story, you understand. The mouse starts talking to the lion. It's like, please, please, let me go. I will repay you someday. And the lion laughs at the mouse. It's like, ha, repay me. How are you going to repay me? That's the little mouse. But because the lion was having a good day, he let the mouse go. A few days later, the, ma the, the lion is out prowling around looking for prey and all of a sudden ends up ensnared in a hunter's net. Traps him. Locks him down to the ground. And the lion can't free himself because this net was made to hold lions. And, and so he just starts bellowing. He starts roaring. And the whole forest hears this lion roaring out loud. And the mouse recognizes the voice. That's the lion that spared me the other day. And so the mouse comes running. And the mouse finds the, the main rope that ties and locks the net into place. And she starts gnawing on the rope. Gnaws, gnaws, gnaws through the rope. And eventually the rope snaps and the, the net flies off and the lion is free. And the mouse says to the lion, you laughed when, you said I, when, when I said I could repay you. And yet now you know that a little mouse can set a lion free. One person, one decision, one small step of courage can change everything. Everything. The question for you is, will you commit to live the Jesus way? And if you do, the way that you, for most of us, we can change to go from here to there is to buy baby steps. Just think Bill Murray. Baby steps to my Bible, baby steps to open the book, baby steps to read one verse. Think about it for a minute. Cool. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Make it small, make it easy, make it often. These small things will lead to big things. These big things will change your life. But you have to start. Remember what Zig Ziglar said. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. Are you willing to start? What do you need to do today? What are you going to change? Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, I know that you have called all of us to change the world. You've called all of us to chase after you and, and change not on our own, li- our own lives, but the lives of the people around us. And sometimes we get stuck because it's a, it's a huge, monumental, unattainable goal. Something that we just don't think that there's any way we could ever do that. In fact, there are maybe some people in here, they're like, they feel unworthy to even follow you. They feel unworthy to even open the Bible because they just, they've lived their life in such a way they feel like it's so, it's been so bad. It's been so wrong. It's been so off. God, I pray that you would tell them and help them understand that's a lie and that all they have to do is take one small step to you. One small step towards you. One small step in the right direction. One small step to living the Jesus way. To living according to you. To following you, Jesus. And that will lead to another step. And then another step. And then another step. And eventually a changed life will be the result. God, help us to commit even though it's a hard way to live, it's a, it's a different way to live than the rest of the world wants us to, help us to commit to living the Jesus way. To love when everybody else tells us to hate. To forgive when everybody else says we need to get revenge. To live in joy when everybody else says wallow in self-pity. When everybody else says there is no worth, there's no purpose in the life, we were just a conglomeration of whatever happened in this world, in this universe. Help us to remember to live in a way that says, no, God has given us purpose and meaning and value. Help us to live that way. Live it out so that other people may see it. Help us to live and commit to live the Jesus way. We pray this and ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.